It's summer, and the tradition here is to do preacher's choice over the summer, rather than a summer sermon series. And today I'm diving into the story of Lazarus as recounted in the Gospel of John. You may be familiar with the story of Jesus raising Lazarus from the dead. It's fascinating for many different reasons, and today I'm going to focus on one thing that has stuck with me ever since I took a class on Biblical Greek in seminary. Greek, I know that might sound boring, but it isn't, because one of the phrases in the story of Lazarus can be literally translated as Jesus snorting with rage, like an angry horse, really. Anyway, we'll get to Jesus snorting like an angry horse in a few minutes. First, we'll hear a more traditional translation, and I want to place us in the story so that we know where we are. According to the Gospel of John, Jesus is at the location along the Jordan River where John had been baptizing people at first, when Jesus gets word that his beloved friend Lazarus is gravely ill. Lazarus is the brother of Mary and Martha, two other beloved friends of Jesus. Jesus says to his disciples that the illness isn't fatal and decides to stay put. Two days later, Jesus announces Lazarus has died, and now it's time to go see him. This puzzles the disciples, but Jesus tells them plainly, Lazarus has died. For your sakes, I'm glad I wasn't there, so that you can believe. Let's go to him. Let us listen now as our scripture is read. Today's reading is from the Gospel of John, chapter 11, verses 17 through 44. On his arrival, Jesus found that Lazarus had already been in the tomb for four days. Now Bethany was less than two miles from Jerusalem, and many people had come to Martha and Mary to comfort them in the loss of their brother. When Martha heard that Jesus was coming, she went out to meet him, but Mary stayed at home. Lord, Martha said to Jesus, if you had been here, my brother would not have died, but I know that even now God will give you whatever you ask. Jesus said to her, your brother will rise again. Martha answered, I know he will rise again in the resurrection at the last day. Jesus said to her, I am the resurrection and the life. The one who believes in me will live even though they die. And whoever lives by believing in me will never die. Do you believe this? Yes, Lord, she replied. I believe that you are the Messiah the Son of God who has come into the world. After she had said this, she went back and called her sister Mary aside. The teacher is here, she said, and is asking for you. When Mary heard this, she got up quickly and went to him. Now Jesus had not yet entered the village, but was still at the place where Martha had met him. When the people had been with Mary in the house comforting her, noticed how quickly she got up and went out, they followed her, supposing she was going to the tomb to mourn there. When Mary reached the place where Jesus was and saw him, she fell at his feet and said, Lord, 
If you had been here, my brother would not have died. When Jesus saw her weeping, and the people who had come along with her also weeping, he was deeply moved in spirit and troubled. Where have you laid him? he asked. Come and see, Lord, they replied. Jesus wept. When the people said, See how he loved him? But some of them said, Could not he, who opened the eyes of the blind man, have kept this man from dying? Jesus, once more deeply moved, came to the tomb. It was a cave with a stone laid across the entrance. Take away the stone, he said. But Lord, said Martha, the sister of the dead man, by this time there is a bad odor, for he has been there four days. Then Jesus said, Did not I tell you that if you believe, you will see the glory of God? So they took away the stone. Then Jesus looked up and said, Father, I thank you that you have heard me. I knew that you always hear me, but I said this for the benefit of the people standing here, that they may believe that you sent me. When he had said this, Jesus called out in a loud voice, Lazarus, come out. The dead man came out, his hands and feet wrapped with strips of linen and a cloth around his face. Jesus said to them, Take off the grave clothes and let him go. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Amen. Can you picture it? Lazarus died. He died four days ago. He's wrapped and buried in his tomb. His poor sisters are brokenhearted. They begged Jesus to come and he never came. Mary and Martha are weeping and crying out. They, according to a custom of the time, are also joined by others who mourn loudly with them. Jesus finally arrives. Mary runs to meet him. She falls down at his feet in her grief and says, Lord, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. And when Jesus sees her weeping and the others who had come along with her also weeping, Scripture tells us that Jesus is deeply moved in his spirit and troubled. Jesus was deeply moved in his spirit and troubled. Jesus was deeply moved in his spirit and troubled. Hmm. Jesus was deeply moved in his spirit and troubled. Hmm. When you say it enough times, it starts to lose some meaning, right? Deeply moved. What emotion is deeply moved? Deeply moved to what? It doesn't say. We assume when we read that he is deeply moved to mourning, since that is what everyone else is doing, but the text doesn't actually say that. And the words translated as deeply moved are the ones my Greek professor pointed out when we were learning about translating the Bible to show us that translators sometimes make choices about translation that affect a reader's understanding of the text. 
Translators have differing backgrounds, ideas, and beliefs that affect their choices of translation. This is not to say that the translations are unreliable or that translators are somehow being nefarious. All the main translations are very well vetted. But translators are human beings who bring their own points of view to the text. So, if you're ever reading your Bible, say at a Bible study, and somebody else has a different translation and you read together and your translations say two different things, this is a clue that there is ambiguity in the original language and the translators have had to make a choice. This verse, Jesus was deeply moved in his spirit, is one of those times. Okay, so what does the text actually say here? And we have to go to the Greek for the phrase that is translated deeply moved. Enebrimesato. It's a verb that means literally to snort with the notion of coercion springing out of displeasure, anger, indignation, antagonism. To express indignant displeasure with someone. To charge sternly or literally to snort like an angry horse. I know some of you are experienced horse people, so you might immediately have a mental image of what a mad horse snorting looks like. My experience with horses is limited to watching one of my children take riding lessons. So I watched some videos of angry horses to help me get the picture. And what I saw is that they'll sometimes shake their heads and let out what sounds like a very loud, very condescending breath and look at you with kind of a wild warning side eye. Thinking about a horse loudly snorting and giving me a warning side-eye definitely changes my mental image of the text. When Jesus saw her weeping uncontainably and loudly, and the people who came with her also crying loudly, he snorted with rage like an angry horse. Where have you all put him? he asked. Come and see, Lord, they replied. Jesus wept silently. Then the people said, see how he loved him. But some of them said, could he not, could not he who opened the eyes of the blind man have kept this man from dying? Therefore, again, Jesus himself was enraged and comes to the tomb. You can see why this image stuck with me over the years, right? To think of Jesus snorting in anger. The translation deeply moved in his spirit is a kinder, gentler way of describing Jesus than picturing Jesus snorting with rage. Of course, we've seen Jesus get angry before. In John 2, Jesus whips the money changers in the temple courts with cords and flips their tables and chases them out of the temple. John chapter 2 doesn't, though, actually say Jesus is angry when he is in the temple. But if we imagine the emotional state of someone whipping people and flipping tables, it corresponds with many experiences of anger. And the story of Jesus and the money changers has often been told as a story of righteous anger. Jesus was upset because the temple courts had been corrupted by people trying to turn a profit, which makes sense in the context of the rest of the gospel message Jesus taught and exemplified. But why would Jesus snort at Mary when he sees her weeping? Let's go a little further into the text to see if we can make sense of this reaction. Remember that Jesus had previously told his disciples, Lazarus has died. For your sakes, 
I'm glad I wasn't there so that you can believe. Jesus knows ahead of time that Lazarus's death will provide his followers an opportunity to believe in him. Of course, Mary and Martha weren't there to hear Jesus's explanation to the disciples. So Martha, Mary's sister, meets Jesus in the road, questions Jesus, and professes, of course, Jesus is the Christ, and she does believe her brother will rise again. But Martha goes back into the house and sends her sister out. Mary comes out with a band of loudly wailing mourners and says the same thing Martha said. If you had been here, my brother would not have died. And the mourning entourage agrees with Mary and Martha. So it seems like Mary and Martha say one thing with their mouths. They believe intellectually that Jesus has the power to resurrect their brother. But their hearts believe the irrefutable proof of the dead body they put in the tomb. Maybe Jesus snorts at what he perceives as their hypocrisy. Mary and Martha aren't much different than the priests and the money changers in the temple who profess to have faith in God, but behave otherwise. Perhaps Jesus is angry at Mary and Martha's lack of faith in him. Maybe he's angry at their challenge. If you had been here, my brother would not have died. They're questioning where he was in their family's time of distress. Mary and Martha's distress feels very real to me. Life can be so hard and we've been through a lot. We are often confronted with tragedy beyond the power of our imaginations. And don't you just want to weep sometimes? People die. Good people die. People we love die. Innocent people die, and who doesn't want to say, God, if you were really real, my beloved would not have died. So what if Jesus is enraged at Mary and Martha's lack of faith and their challenge to him? What does that mean for us when we feel these concerns? Surprisingly, that would be good news. This is why I see Jesus' anger as good news. Jesus' anger is full of grace, and his anger makes the story richer and truer. Because our beloved, fully human, fully divine Christ is acting like a real person, and he is therefore relatable to us. Jesus is angry at the sister's lack of trust in him, but he doesn't turn away. That's the key. He doesn't turn away. He stays with them. He doesn't abandon Mary and Martha to their grief. He doesn't punish them for their doubt in him. He keeps his promise. He goes to the tomb and calls on the power of God to raise Lazarus. And behold, Lazarus walks out of the tomb. Jesus gets angry, but he doesn't stay stuck in that anger. Jesus is angry and then Jesus weeps. Jesus is deeply moved in his spirit with anger and then with compassion. This is good news. Throughout the scriptures, the anger of God is always companioned with the mercy of God. There are two points here that are relevant for us today. First, as Christians, we are called to be Christ-like, to live in emulation of Christ. And in this story, we have a beautiful picture of Christ-like behavior. Jesus is righteously angry, but is also so moved by Mary's grief that he himself begins to grieve. 
Jesus displays the height of empathy. If we are to live in emulation of Christ, then when we are angry, we can help ask God to help us not stay stuck in our anger, but to instead use our anger to move us towards empathy and compassion like Jesus did. Sometimes anger is a clue that we really care about something, and exploring that anger in a healthy way can point us to places where we need to invite God's love in. Anger coupled with compassion, mercy, and love moves our spirits to bring the love of God to the places in ourselves, our relationships, and the world where love is most needed. Second, in this story, we can also relate to Mary and Martha and their expressions of doubt. Despite his anger, Jesus doesn't cast Mary out for her flawed faith. We are shown that like Mary and Martha, we don't have to have perfect trust in God. Doubt won't banish us from God's love either. Had Mary and Martha never questioned Jesus, they would not have seen the true nature of Christ. Jesus says about Lazarus, This illness did not lead to death. Rather, it is for God's glory, so that the Son of God may be glorified through it. Mary's doubt doesn't take away Christ's glory. Instead, Jesus' response to Mary's doubt affirms the depths of Christ's glorious love. Jesus' response to Mary and Martha shows us that like Mary, we are free to say something like, Lord, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. And we not need be afraid to weep and challenge and question God. Our own doubts can be invitations to explore our faith more deeply and to expand our understanding of God's love. Now, please don't misunderstand where the real glory of God's love is in the story of the death and resurrection of Lazarus. This story of the death and resurrection of Lazarus does not mean that tragic or unnecessary suffering is good or that God uses the slaughter of innocence to show God's glory. There is no glory in suffering and violence. No, God's glory is shown throughout the Gospels, including in Christ's own death in the promise that God stays with us when we are hurting and that we are never separated from the love of God. The promise in the story is not that we won't die if we have enough faith. The promise is that when our faith is weak and God feels far away, the reality is that God does not abandon us. God loves us through and loves us through it all, through our anger and our questions. We can be like Mary and question and doubt and learn more about God. And as we grow in our faith, we can try to be like Jesus. And when we get angry and when we weep at the ways in which the world has turned away from God, we can be moved to demonstrate God's love to the world with compassion and grace. That is good news. May it be so. Thanks be to God. Amen.